it's it's a lot of fun to see the different places and suddenly you may actually know somebody near you so that'd be kind of cool all right uh today <laughs> today all right we uh i got some good stuff um but it's it's a lot good morning julie hope you and mike are doing well hope your little one's doing well um let's let's dig into this this is uh this is good stuff so last week i began a series i called it a defrag um but i'm changing the, the title of the series because not everybody understands what defrag is it's, it's a computer term blah 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 and that's fine but as i was preparing more and more um i realized i, I want to call the series a more beautiful faith unlearning revisiting questioning and growing after all there is no arrival so this is gonna be part two and it's today won't be so heavy on content although it might we'll see we'll see where it goes uh, manitoba is where abram's from thank you <laughs> yes yes that's right okay got it got it perfect thank you buddy i'll try and put it up here to remember um all right and Paul and Debbie. Hey, good morning, Paul and Debbie. Oh, my goodness. Great to see you guys online. I think you guys are taking in the conference. I hope you are. And, uh, yeah, that's really cool. And Brian, the other Brian is from uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Okay, that's cool. That's wonderful. Karen, good morning from Texas. <laughs> Love it. <coughs> that's so much fun. And Brent uh, Brent and his wife, good morning. And Greg is, Greg is watching uh, from Indiana. Mike and Geek. Okay, hopefully I, I uh, pronounced that right. Kay Fairchild, good morning, Kay. Hey, I uh, hope you got the notice of uh, Lisa's passing. Yeah, I texted it to you. I sent you the link. That's right. So thank you, everyone, for chiming in. This is so much fun. Uh, it just keeps us a little more real and keeps it alive instead of just pre-recorded, which this is not pre-recorded. This is live. Um, but when you watch it later, it's recorded. So either way, this is real. I'm not, I don't do fake very well. You got to pay more for that. Um, but let's let's get into this this questioning uh, and and diving into a more beautiful faith. Um, a subtitle that I don't want to use it has to deal with deconstruction and reconstruction. That's kind of where I want to go. I want to give permission to to dig into questioning things that need to be questioned. And when you hear things that sound new, and go, oh my goodness, that sounds way too new. To find out it's actually not new that it's been taught for a long time in circles you're not even close to or aware of and so this is about being teachable and growing and i think it's incredible we're going to begin with philippians 4 6 and 7 we started with this last week <coughs> and i think uh, you'll enjoy it do not let your hearts be weighed down with anything instead with every step you take send your voice to the great spirit asking him for the things you need and in all your prayers remember to give him thanks then the peace and harmony of the great spirit which goes far beyond our small and weak ways of thinking will watch over your hearts and minds through the chosen one creator sets free jesus this is from the first nations version but this is our our launch we started with this last week of uh, don't get weighed down. Don't let your hearts be heavy. Um, this, is, this is an absolutely beautiful text that kind of lays the foundation for this, for this mini-series. And, and before we get into it even further, I want to share with you a, 
devotional real quick because I, I this came in this morning via email when I read I went oh my goodness <laughs> I got way too much stuff but this this is good here let's let's uh, put this on the screen this is called your life is guided by God uh, this is from Henry Nowen and it's a it's a really good devotional um, let me just read this for you to walk in the presence of the Lord means to move forward in life in such a way that all our desires thoughts and actions are constantly guided by him when we walk in the Lord's presence everything we see hear touch or taste reminds us of him this is what is meant by a prayerful life it's not a life which we say many prayers but a life in which nothing absolutely nothing is done said or understood independently of him who is the origin and purpose of our existence this is powerful powerfully expressed by the 19th century Russian Orthodox starets Theopan the recluse he writes into every duty a God-fearing heart must be put, a heart constantly permeated by the thought of God, and this will be the door through which the soul will enter into active life. The essence is to be established in the remembrance of God and to walk in his presence. Whoo-wee! That's beautiful. Incredible. Again, deep. Okay. Last week, we talked about defrag and reset. So I'm going to just talk about it briefly one more time and why I started with this. And this will be the last time I'll use this defrag slide. But the idea of defrag, it's a computer term. When your computer isn't working right, it gets you have files moved around too often. Um, it starts to lag. I got to do a defrag every once in a while. Uh, sometimes I got to take it to Ken Gregory because, <laughs> help Ken, and uh, show up at his door begging and pleading, fix my computer. And he does a defrag or clean up or remove stuff or whatever. He, he's, he's amazing. Um, but basically, it's about reorganizing all the data. Uh, many of us have grown up in the church or been exposed to a, a religious world, and we've had a lot of input, a lot of files placed into us. And we never questioned the files. We, we've just kind of let them come in. You know, some are obviously tossed, maybe, but maybe some of the ones we tossed need to be revisited too. So that's what's kind of fun. So this is what the defrag and, and reset, and some of us need to do a hard reset, factory default resetting, which means <laughs> going back to understanding your full identity because not everybody knows their true identity. Not everybody recognizes that... Um, um, the, the, they sometimes think who they are is what they feel and what they're experiencing or they assume their behavior means their identity which it doesn't at all um, in fact Lisa Gasher who passed away uh, I can see if I can find the quote no no I'll save the quote for the funeral but she she uh, she had a lot of questions about who we are and I thought it was just beautiful um, but the resets so where, what type of resets have we talked about? Last week we talked about moving from self-centered to other-centered. Because if we're self-centered on our wants and me, 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 we're not going to see the needs of others and we're not going to live from our true identity, which is agape, love. And then uh, we talked about a mind focused from gratitude. Yes, 
we need to be grateful for many things and all things. But when we live from a grateful life, everything changes. Our lens totally changes. Oh, man. So then we come to the questioning uh, of downloaded info, all the stuff that that has happened. Um, I'm, I tell you, this, this whole questioning, I've got a list. And I want to get into that list of questions. Now, the questioning, the download of info is important. We can't just take everything that's come to us and just take it at face value. We think we can, but there will come a time when we're going to be questioned and we'll, all we can say is, well, I heard so-and-so teach on that. Well, that doesn't help you very much. So who knows? Uh, I find it very interesting. And then it's time to reassess and find better data or delete folders that we realized, oh, that shouldn't be in there. <laughs> that can't, that contains faulty information and could harm my computer or harm my beliefs. And uh, we need to do that carefully. How do we do this? We begin with this, a couple foundations. Uh, may we have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know that the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God why is this important because you and I cannot understand fully the intense breadth length height and depth of God's love towards us none of us have arrived there is more to learn you may be overwhelmed with holy smokes this is incredible I've, I've, I've hit the mother load. This is, this is it. I, I've arrived. No, you haven't arrived. I've thought that a few times. I've arrived. I get grace. Oh, my goodness. Well, then guess what I found? More grace. There's more. There's much more than what I can possibly contain. Oh, my goodness. Then we have this, 2 Peter 1, 2. Therefore, I will be ready always to remind you concerning these things, even though you know them and have been established in the present truth. This, this is important because we have short memories. We need to be reminded. I need to be reminded. Even as I'm going through this forgiveness conference, I am reminded of uh, truths or taught new lenses that I did not have. I did not have the capacity to see a certain lens. And then one of the contributors and participants phrases something and just kind of clicks, just, just that extra clicking. Oh my goodness, it, it opened the door. It's like, wow, I never saw that. Or that's a much better way to explain it. So that that's why I'm, in, I'm loving the Forgiveness Conference. I, I think it's, it's going to blow your mind. If you haven't registered, please register. It's it's so good. Go through it after you're on your own time once you have the links. But then we come to Romans 12, verse 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our minds need renewing. We haven't got everything correctly put in there. We are taught things that were incomplete. We have evidence of this in the entire Old Testament. It is an incomplete presentation and sometimes inaccurate presentation of who God is. It's time to reset, rethink, and who do we begin with? Jesus. Jesus gives us the clear definition of who his Father is. And so we do need a mind renewal. Then we look at Jesus, the man, 
Jesus increased in wisdom, in years, and in divine and human favor. Now, the verse I learned growing up was, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. This was the Circle Square Ranch Bible verse we had to memorize, and it was a lesson of the categories we all grow in. If you only focus on one, then you can be way out of balance. If you can only focus on the physical, then, and they had a skit that they did on stage for the campers every week. Uh, it'd be a story of an athlete comes in and, and is questioned, you know, that everything he does or they do uh, as an athlete is their identity. And so then the, the interviewer asks, well, what happens if you broke your legs? You can never do it again. Well, I, I, I don't know. It's not your identity. So anyway, this, is the, this verse shows us that even Jesus grew and matured. The man, fully God, fully man, he grew in wisdom and stature. <laughs> so you and I, we're all growing. We have room to grow. None of us have arrived. Have you figured that out yet? And then this one, I'm going to tear apart this morning because I think it's this one's going to kind of surprise you. Uh, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Now, why am I bringing this one up? I'm warning you. I want okay. I have had Bible verses mispounded into me, okay? As in, same verse, but the emphasis was put in the wrong place. And usually it fed fear, guilt, and shame, all right? That, which is not any of the tools Jesus uses. <laughs> Imagine that, eh? So here's this idea of, uh, you know, show yourself approved. So you have this churchy mindset that says, here, you have to work hard. Now you need approval, not show approve as one approved the terminology and the definitions and the translations yeah needs work so i'm going to labor through four or five translations of that second timothy text because this is the foundation for what i'm about to dive into and all the topics that are worth visiting and and i that i personally had to revisit and I, th I think you'll like it. Many of you are going to resonate with, the, with that list. But let's, let's begin with this. 2 Timothy from the New Living Translation. This is probably the worst translation of the list I'm giving you today. Um, because it still seems to be written from a place of guilt and shame. It says, Remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words Oh, that's not happening today at all, is it? <laughs> Such arguments are useless, and they can ruin those who hear them. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. I hate that translation. But I'm showing it to you because it's, it's what people are reading. And I, I do like the New Living Translation, but sometimes the, the spin is off. It's wrong. So be a good worker. Well, that'll feed well in a very, you know, uh, performance-driven church. Uh, be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Well, how can you explain the word of truth if you don't fully know it? And none of us fully know it. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like cancer, and is the, as is in the case of Himerius and Philetius. They have left the path of truth, claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. So, this is about arguing and, and 
probably nitpicking, but let's let's read this from a few other translations. It's going to become more and more and more beautiful. Each each translation will have a twist. I hope you're going to catch this. And by the way, repetition will help us remember. Listen to this. This is from the New American Standard Bible. This is probably the one of the most um, word for word translated ones. It's it's good one, but there's better coming. Uh, again, it, it may not be an individual translation is the best, but when you have the collage of multiple translations, which is what I'm showing you today, it's going to add a deeper meaning and make more sense. Okay, instead of just a flat, here's the Bible verse, here's what it means, move on. I don't want you. To, I, I want you to think for yourself. I want to invite you into the process of of thinking and and processing and and use your mind the one that's being renewed okay new american remind them of these things and solemnly exhort them to the presence uh, of god not to dispute about words which is useless and leads to the ruin of the listeners that's interesting that line by the way could could speak truth to many of us in some of our even covid arguments be careful about all that like that there's a hint, hint here, and I'm speaking to myself here. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth, but avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. And we've already talked about those guys who've left the faith. The message translation, one slide, I love this repeat these basic essentials over and over to god's people warn them before god against pious nitpicking which chips away at the faith it just wears everyone out concentrate on doing your best for god work uh, you won't be ashamed of laying out the truth plain and simple stay clear of pious talk that is only talk words are not mere words you know they are not back if they're not backed by a godly life and we on and on back to those two people who screwed up passion translation now we got two more this is really good passion translation says be committed to teach the believers all these things when you are with them in the presence of the lord instruct them to never be drawn into meaningless arguments or tear each other down with useless words that only harm others hmm. always be eager to present yourself before god as a perfect and mature minister without shame as one who correctly explains the word of truth and avoid empty chatter and worthless words for they simply add to the irreverence of those who converse in that manner for the words of these two there we go um we read them already i should have eliminated it now here comes the first nations translation we have two more we have the mirror coming up last but first nations this this is where it gets really good okay keep reminding others and again this is the same verse multiple translations you can see oh my goodness there are different ways to understand this and see this keep reminding others about these things warn them in the sight of the great spirit not to fight over meaning <laughs> of words for these are empty arguments that only bring a bad end to those who listen make it your aim to present yourself to creator as one who is tried and true a hard worker without shame 
who guides Creator's message of truth down a straight path. Worthless and empty talk. Turn away from worthless and empty talk, for it will take people down a path far away from what is sacred and pure. Talk like this will spread like a disease that eats away at the body. Sings with a glad heart, Harmenkius, and friendly man, Philetus, are two who have been talking like this. They have turned away from the truth, saying that the rising of the dead has already taken place, harming the faith of some. Lastly, the mere translation from Francois. Whew, get ready. Without any delay, live your life from a place where you are familiar with the complete approval of God. There we go. Pause there. This, this is the intent. Without delay, live your life from the place where you're familiar with the complete approval of God. You already are approved. That's the point. That's where the New Living Translation screws it up so bad because it's speaking from a place of lack. It's like, wait a minute. Do you know who you are? And right here, this is blunt. I love this. You do not need to apologize for the fact that your experience might be a contradiction of your faith. What God see, believes about you needs no defense. Ooh, I love that. There's such an uh, immediate authority in clarity. Truth triumphs over every contradiction. It makes a clear-cut division between light and darkness. The word of truth shows distinctly that the duty-driven law of works and annoyances and the love drive law of perfect liberty have nothing in common. Ooh, that's beautiful. Do not engage in any conversation that may sound pious but carries no content. It only leads to lengthy and meaningless ungodly debates. Oh my goodness. Did you catch all that? This is a foundation. Well, I have a, a list, a wonderful list of reasons why or, or things that need to be revisited um, uh, my journey has gone through different levels of not just deconstruction but the very beginning of um, understanding verses normal verses that I grew up with in the church and, wow that's pretty cool in, in enlightenment that way but then it got deeper and deeper and deeper and, and as I kept going but here's why here's why I, I I want to bring this up. We may feel that someone is losing their faith or backsliding by even questioning this list. This is, this is important that we, we go through this list. The reason I'm bringing the list is because um, some of you aren't even questioning the list. I, I don't even question a list. My list is not complete. There's, there's a bigger list. There's always going to be a list. But the list shows us there are topics that may need to be revisited. And if you hear somebody else revisit a topic, go, oh my goodness, oh, they're they're backsliding, they're losing their faith now. Oh, look at look at the words they're using. Oh, they're really losing it now. Well, don't judge them that way. We gotta stop judging each other for that. That I think it's quite immature now that I look back at it. But questioning should not be discouraged. Questions mean there is a desire to seek and to understand. That's really important. There is a misunderstanding that you are not allowed to question the teachings of the church. But 
That's a man-made construct designed to keep people in line. Listen, when you hear people questioning, <laughs> it's not necessarily bad. And here's why. There are wise and unwise ways to question things. So the method may be the problem rather than the questions. You might have somebody questioning things that are really hurt. They've been really burned by a particular church or a particular person who says they believe in God and call themselves a Christian. Brutally hurt, and so their pendulum will swing the wrong way, and they're completely angry, write them all off, um, and you name it. And they make a list of their, from their pain, they have their list of uh, quick jabs and uh, ill-thought-through responses. So give some grace to those that are licking their wounds from a deep, deep hurt, okay? Um, there's a good way and a, clearly a few wrong ways to, to question all this stuff. Humility needs to be a foundation when beginning the questioning journey. Humility, gentleness. Good morning, Robinson. Good to see you there, buddy. If your goal is to shame and just raise a ruckus, then don't complain when you're shut down. This is to those that are asking the questions. And then I've had people do this to me. So I've seen both sides of it now. I've been the questioner and I've had people question me. But the way people ask, they're like crap disturbers, just, just trying to be more right and put the jabs in and and you know, throw a, throw a hand grenade into a conversation and really they have no intent of loving or conversing with people. Those, I'm sorry, you're going to get shut down because there's a relationship in the context, even here at Hope Fellowship. We know each other. We've communed together. We've talked with each other. We know each other well. To have somebody come in and just question absolutely everything from their lens Wait a minute, get to know us first. You have no clue. You think you do, but you don't. And that goes for us jumping into somebody else's uh, church family or church small group and, and suddenly just walk in questioning. Don't do that. It's unwise and unloving. It means you're, you're really speaking from a place of darkness, not light. Don't bleed on people that didn't cut you. It's a great line. The point is that we can and must question things much more here's why truth is not threatened by questions it's true jesus doesn't need to stand up and and defend himself he's truth can handle he is the truth okay so good truth our interpretation of it may be different but truth is not threatened by questions Systems and structures of power are threatened, all right? But be careful again, because now we're getting into judging. And don't shut down an honest truth seeker. An honest truth seeker usually will quietly, gently seek out somebody to ask questions on the side. Let me give you a Facebook example. Some people put a comment on, on a, usually a Christian page, even a grace page, oh my goodness, Somebody put a comment on who's kind of new to faith and grace, and suddenly they get boom, boom, boom. All their, their questions are, are being made fun of and said, oh, that's not grace, that's not this. And it's such an unloving response. So <laughs> don't do that. Um, I used to. 
I, in fact, yeah, <laughs> even Lori's told me, you got to remove that post, Mike, that comment. Don't do that. Everybody's watching. I was like, oh, crud. Now, after enough time, I'm, I'm a little bit slow. But I am teachable. I'm just slower sometimes. Um, I'm seeing that those comments cannot help. Instead, if I really want to and be honestly want to help somebody, I will private message people now. Say, hey, what about this? Is that what you meant? Help me understand. Instead of putting it all out there publicly. Just because you can doesn't mean you have the permission to post publicly and respond to everything publicly. Well, it's a public post. So what? Use your brain. Be a loving person instead of a jerk. Like, uh, you're not the Grace Gestapo or the theologian police. So we, we can stop all that nonsense now. And some of my most trusted um, um, mentors that I value, I see how they behave online and on social media. And some of them are fantastic examples. I've, I've had to learn and, and shift um, uh, from how I've interacted with people stop being the pastor or the teacher or the grace person in a certain location because I have a ministry, so to speak. I, I had to stop that and just be me. That, that's it. Learn who I am. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a deeper dive into knowing who you are and being at peace with who you are. <laughs> I love it. All right. Here's the list, and we are not going to be able to finish the list. I'm looking at the clock, but I'm going to give you a few teasers, and this may only be one. But I, I want to go deeper into almost every single one of them at some point. There's a lot. It's, it's going to blow your mind. But one of the, one of the items that, that uh, uh, file folders uh, worth exploring to find a better explanation are some of the things we've been told are in the Bible and are not. Can you remember a phrase or a, uh, a saying you have heard, um, but it's, they say it's in the Bible, but it's not, not at all. Make a comment or two real quick um, if, of those sayings, uh, like, um, oh, no, no, I, I, just, I just had a few and they're gone. But just the phrases or sayings attributed to the scripture but are not there that we've believed and suddenly when somebody calls us out on it when we look it up we'll go wait a minute that's not actually in the bible at all you know um oh man i can't i can't remember but uh, here the one blunt example i'll i'll uh, i'll share with you is um god helps those who help themselves yes that's that's one of the ones i initially thought of, i forgot God helps those who help themselves is not in the Bible. God hates ugly. Yeah, exactly. I, that was actually in my sermon series years ago. Um, uh, that's not in the Bible. What about the one that God won't let anything happen to you beyond what you can handle? Do you remember that one? That's not in the Bible. Uh, not at all. <laughs> really? It doesn't say God won't let you go through more than you can handle. Well, then tell that to Paul. Tell that to Jesus. Tell that to the disciples who were killed uh, brutally. I'm sorry, but phrases like that, I've had to go through a long list of things that are I was told are in the Bible and are not, including things, some of the translations will say something that's in the scripture, but then you look at back to the what we have as Greek text that they translated from, stuff was added in. 
It's like, what? So anyway, that's, that's one of the things. So this is the list. The other thing, uh, uh, this is a big one, how God views you and misconceptions we have. Not, mis- not only misconceptions we have about us, but misconceptions we have about who God is. You know, is he an angry God? Is he a loving God? Is he um, an old man in a rocking chair who set, you know, earth in motion, created and sits back and lets, lets things just happen? Uh, our concept of who we are, our identity, uh, that was a big one. And many of you watching this whole concept of who God is and who you and I are, that has been the, probably one of the biggest things we have in common uh, as we journey through this. Our singular nature, not two natures, dualism. I was told I had two natures. I had uh, two dogs, a black one and a white one on my shoulder. Or in the cartoons, you had the two angels, the the demon and the angel whispering into the ear of of the cartoon saying, here, do this, no, don't do that. And we have the, the idea of two natures. So if you feed the nature that you want to function, but the, the, so, and starve the other nature, well, that's a misconception. Good morning, Randy. There's, there's no such thing as having two natures. Nowhere in humanity, in creation, do we see anything with a double nature, a, a essence, okay? Like an oak tree. Uh, there isn't a, uh, a part rock in it, rock nature and tree nature. It, it's an oak tree. It doesn't get more oaky either. It's at its core. It's an oak. So, uh, again, we'll we'll get into it a little bit because I think I think that one's a big one. What is the flesh? Well, in the Bible we have this term flesh, but look at the NIV translation. They translate flesh into old nature screwing up this concept of having two natures so we have the nature of god and then we have the sinful nature well that's a translation blunder it's awful i hate that translation for that reason and will not use it um, unless i'm comparing notes and such but it's talking about the flesh it's it's our ego it's it's our self of how we function when we're not relying on on the life of the indwelling christ it's a powerful topic we're not going to get into it today our cool crucifixion with christ was a big one i had to question that i never i was never told i was in union with christ i always thought christ had to come into my life all right i didn't think christ was my life i thought i had to um, repeat the right prayer to get him to come because he's distant. Anyway, we'll get into that one another time. A richer understanding of abiding. What does it mean to abide? The word obedience was like a swear word in the church I grew up in because nobody wanted to obey. That was a bad word. Everybody, you know, what does people? What do people do when they hear a word like that? They, it repels you and go, no, nah, I don't want to obey because you just told me what to do. And yet, there's a much more beautiful way to read the scriptures when we're called to obey than what we have been told. Our complete forgiveness and the finished work of the cross. This is from Trinity to us. The conference is about um, this, uh, the relational forgiveness, and that's on the list too. But this, the work of the cross, understanding what that means. I thought it was a transactional thing that happened when I asked Jesus into my heart. Then forgiveness came to us. And yet, wait a minute. What if there's more? What is sin? Is sin a moral infraction or living from a false concept of who we think we are and who God is? We've got to revisit this. It's not a list of bad things. What about spiritual warfare? 
<laughs> is is it a battle for truth in the mind or is it something we got to do with fighting demons thanks frank peretti for writing that book and messing us all up i loved that book growing up but it, it opened it began to open my mind from the world i was in that there's more going on it opened my mind to the possibility of a spiritual world that i was not told much about in my baptist upbringing more to learn old covenant new covenant what about the law do we follow the law that's another big topic these are the question things we need to question heaven and hell oh this is a good one what is heaven what is hell does the bible explain what hell is are there translation problems with the word hell uh, how come they didn't translate the greek words into gehenna hades and and all those those other translations why did they use the word hell do you think that may have messed us up in understanding it yes it has and we need to visit that. What is heaven? It's not sitting on a cloud with um, Philadelphia cheese, uh, cream cheese eating crackers. It's not heaven. There's more, there's more to learn. So unpacking what heaven and hell is, is is one of the things that needs to be questioned. Sexuality. How we turn something amazing into something dirty or shameful. Um, the Western church has really screwed this one up. And I could only know this from hearing from Jewish friends and from Orthodox church friends. They don't have that shame-based teaching on sexuality. Um, John Crowder wrote a book, God, Sex, Money, Beer, or something like that. Uh, whatever those titles are. One of the best books, very blunt and honest about the topic of all that. And um, I, think, I think this topic must be revisited big time. What does inclusion mean? That all are in Christ. Huh? Are some in, some out? How does that work? It's got to be questioned. The LB, uh, LGBTQ uh, community. What does the Bible really say about homosexuality and some of these other things that we have, we have thrown in there? How does it address transgender? I'm going to give you a short answer. Love. Okay? That's the short answer for now. Uh, I don't want to make that the topic this morning. But when I show and discuss the love of God for all humanity, all the topics are wrapped up in that. And this community has been greatly hurt by the church world. And we have a lot of repenting to do on that. Uh, we have much to learn. Here, let me give you a teaser. If you didn't know this, okay? If it, just to show you there is room to expand and grow in your understanding of what you thought the Bible taught on this topic. What if you found out that the word homosexual was never in the uh, English Bible until 1946? First time it ever showed up and improperly put in there too. That's the teaser. If you want video links on how I found that, I will share it with you so you can quietly begin to disassemble faulty concepts on this topic. Forgiveness. How do we understand forgiveness towards one another? If we don't forgive, God's not going to forgive us. How do we deal with that one? Uh, this whole conference that I'm dealing with, you know, Healing Life's Hurts, that is what I'm hoping everybody will dive into, okay? Like, it, it's, it's brutally beautiful. Salvation, what does it mean to be saved? What are our concepts of that? Atonement. Penal substitution and other theories of atonement of what happened at the cross. Did God beat the snot out of Jesus to make himself feel better and go, ha, ah, there, I got it out of my system? Or is there a more hope-filled lens that we have not been exposed to? Yes, there is, hint, hint. Marriage and divorce. 
oh, maybe we have some faulty concepts on what that is, what's allowed and what's not allowed. Well, listen, God created divorce. He started it in the Old Testament. And honestly, sometimes divorce, depending on the situation, sometimes is a gift of grace to the one who needs out. So be careful. And if that freaks you out, good, because there's more than you've been told. The Bible, inerrant, infallible? What? What? These terms, they're, they're they fire people up. So we need to revisit that too. What about the translation histories? Do you even know a little thing about it? Probably not. Well, there's room. The practice of grace, uh, Christian duty versus service. It's not the five purposes of the church we have to do. The to-do list. This is, this is about living from life, not trying to do something out of performance. End times. Oh my goodness, that's a big one today. Are we in the end times? No, we're not, people. Oh my goodness, we're not in the end times right now. The mark of the beast is not in, uh, in coming or anything like that. It's Although, if you believe that, you've only heard a lens that feeds a paradigm or a, a construct you already believe. It's just feeding what you think you already believe, but there's more and better, more hope-filled perspectives worth exploring. God's character. Who is Jesus? Jesus defines who God is. What is the church? <laughs> is it the building? Is it membership? <laughs> We're, you know, church history. Do you even know church history? Which history? The Western lens? The Eastern Orthodox lens? Catholic lens? Wh which one? Mm -hmm. There's more to it. Evangelism. Is it a pressured colonial tactic? Okay? Like, really, what is evangelism? It's a manipulation tool, most often, to get people to believe like you. You think you're doing the right thing, but are you? Uh, this needs to be questioned. Some people are will freak out on this one because they'll think, how can you question evangelism? I'm questioning it because it needs to be questioned. I think it's done terribly, and it's manipulative and not honest. It's like converting people to your doctrine, not faith. Lastly, indoctrination or discipleship. Which is it? <laughs> True discipleship? I think I'm, I'm finding it out now. I'm discovering better discipleship. Meaning, what am I learning? What's God revealing to me? What's my relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Trinity in me? What is she saying to me in me? These are questions that must be asked. And it's going to look like this. Stages of deconstruction and then your experience. I, I'm going to be honest with you. The last, probably the last couple years <laughs> have been a turmoil of questions, uh, a turmoil of wrestling with stuff. Now, throw, throw in the pandemic. Oh, great. Now I have more to, to deal with. Like the stress level has shot through the roof because I'm going through a theological journey of deconstruction, reconstruction, renovation, redoing the furniture in my theology. <laughs> it's hard. It's not easy. And it's okay. You have permission. That's what today's message is about. You have permission to question. And if you never realized those topics could be questioned, I'm giving you permission to question them today. I've questioned them. I'm not done questioning them. Anyway, I, I hope, hope, hope that was a, an encouragement to all of you. Let's, let's just wrap this up in prayer. Heavenly Father, oh my goodness, will you be the great teacher? Even though I have a list, that's just my way of processing. You may be teaching one person one topic today. 
I pray you do it gently, kindly, which I know you will. And may we receive it that way too. Where I need to expand even more, Father, show me where. So that I don't become dogmatic in any one topic. May we become people that respond lovingly. None of us arrived on that and none of us have perfected it. But it's a great goal. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right. After we're done today, those who got the Zoom link, and if you don't have the Zoom link, private message me on Facebook. I'll paste it to you in the next five minutes. We're only going to be in there 15, so if you wait 15, 20 minutes, we're not, we're out, we're done our meeting, because um, I have a leadership team meeting at 11:30. What time is it? Ugh, shoot, I'm overtime. Darn, didn't even notice that. Ugh. All right, um, register for the forgiveness conference if you still want to participate. It's not too late. And then we'll go right into our Zoom call. So let me wrap this up, and then uh, we will uh, we'll see you in the Zoom call in about three minutes, all right? You guys have a great day. Thank you for being part of this today.